Darling, I was on a vacation recently and stayed at an Airbnb, and then I realized that while I was away, my empty house could be making money, honey. If you're someone like me that is busy and not home all the time, your home could be an Airbnb. And it's actually pretty simple to get started. Even if you don't have a whole house, you could start with just a spare room. Personally, I really enjoy staying at Airbnbs. I really do. I love a good Airbnb. Who is that? Come back, British you. And it really is a great way to like support local economy and support local people. So Airbnb is fabulous. And I know I was doing my British voice earlier, but we love Airbnb. So think about what you could do with some extra cash. Whether you're looking to treat yourself to something nice, like a shopping spree or a spa day, or start a whole side hustle, Airbnb can help you be that person. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Let's face it. I'm not going to stop treating myself anytime soon, and neither should you. But what I should stop doing is paying for me time with whatever random credit card is in my wallet. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side by side to maximize your spending. Some even offering 10 times the points on your spending. So what could future you do with better rewards? Honey, is it like a gorgeous free flight that you would have had to have paid for, but honey, you're saving that flight money? Is it a gorgeous room upgrade? Is it like a gorgeous like two-bedroom suite instead of a one-bedroom suite so your like in-laws or like your friend could stay over there in that room so you don't have to like hear them doing whatever with what they're doing in your your guys' room? Is it like really adulting? Oh, I love adulting. And you know what else I love? is not waiting to make smart financial decisions. I also love paying my credit cards off in full every month because like, yes, good credit. So let's like do try to do that and like making responsible decisions, which we love. Um, But anyway, don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet, finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Hey, curious people, welcome to Pretty Curious, our podcast on all things beauty. I'm Jonathan Van Ness. This week, we're talking to an Oscar-nominated costume designer, Holly Waddington. Poor Things, starring Emma Stone. Honey, Holly designed the costumes for that film, and that's not all. She's done a lot of other really cool projects. Um, Our conversation was so fun. Like, I learned so much cool stuff about how things work on TV and film sets that I did not even know about. Is really fun. Uh, so stick around for that conversation. But first, it's time to get ready with me. I've literally had my same set of dew eye patches for, I'd say, a year. Uh, they have these reusable eye patches that come in this like little tin silver, like tin silver thing. Um, and I've been, and then that way you can just choose whatever serum and moisturizer, whatever your skincare is, um, whatever your eye cream is. You just basically are using that because all those eye patches that are pre done, you don't. I mean, you know what's in there because it says in the ingredients, but it might not be like what you've been typically using. And we know consistency is key. Um, So I really like just using the eye cream that I already have. And then you use these reusable do skin eye patches to like just hold it on there. So you're getting all the bang, none of the waste. And it just, you save a lot of money because you don't have to like buy all these like individual things when you could just use like a reusable one. Um, and then when you want to clean it, you just like clean them right off. Um, soap and water, let it dry. I've literally have had the same pair forever and I love them. And 
it's just so good um, and so much less wasteful. And I love them. And they're really easy to use. Um, so do eye patches get into it. If you have not incorporated um, those little under eye patches into your skincare routine, I do notice that it makes a huge difference. It makes my under eyes look way more like deflated and just less puffy. Um, so I know that we don't always want things deflated, but our under eyes, at least for me, I want mine smooth and de-puffy. So while Paris and Milan are the main centers for luxury brands, London Fashion Week is known for its independent designers, specifically Roxanda. I'm obsessed with Roxanda. But then you also have Molly Goodard, um, Amelia Wickstead, who we also love. Um, they were featuring a lot of like deep red, gorgeous tones. Then we had Zendaya. Did y'all see Zendaya? Zendaya was giving futuristic. She was giving like, I take this, this acting role for the Dune very seriously, honey. I'm going to give you futuristic vibes. Uh, I thought that was such a look, just gorgeous. This was also really cool. The opening look that was uh, the opening look that was at the Roxanda show was literally the outfit that Zendaya wore for the press junket on Doom Part Two. It was such a look. It was very futuristic. Her hair was incredible with it. Um, she looked incredible with it. So I just thought that was very cool, interesting. Zendaya needs no notes on fashion. She's got it together. Um, so that was gorgeous. Let's get into some listener questions. Our first question is, I'm so sick of winter. How can I get beachy waves this time of year when my hair is drier than usual? It's a really good question. I do think winter, just because we're in like heated environments so much, it, it does tend to be drier. And then like the hot and the cold, I think the big temperature changes is also a little bit harder on hair. I really like to take the winter time to do a deep conditioning treatment. Um, not to be that girl who's obsessed with her own hair care brand, but our Nurture Mask is incredible. It uses this like protein from upcycled orange peels called Keratris that gives your hair so much shine and it gives it so much suppleness or it just makes the hair very supple. And then it also has amino acids um, in addition to our hemisqualine that just create such soft, touchable, hydrated hair, which I love. Um, and it also won't weigh it down if you want to do some uh, beachy waves. Also, I would say... Um, if you're going to blow your hair out straight um, and you want a beachy wave, do a blow-dry preserver. Do like the little halo, like wrap your hair around it, like the heatless curls. What a great way to get beach waves with no extra damage on your hair. Now, if you're talking about how to style your hair naturally curly, I still think Nurture Mask is a great way to prep the hair to give it extra moisture. But obviously, you're going to want to do like not a blow-dry first. You're going to want to do like a curly person um you know, application with your product, which we I talk a lot about on my socials. So that's kind of just like layering a little bit of instant recovery serum or air dry cream. You could mix them or just do air dry cream uh, per section on your hair uh, from like bottom to top and then just diffusing or air drying. So that's gorgeous. Um, our next question is, I've heard you talk about under eye cream a lot. Is that the best way to get rid of under eye dark circles? How can I get rid of them? Well, Darkness and puffiness are different things. So I do like eye cream and an eye and an under eye patches to help with like the lymphatic drainage. So I'll, I'll apply my eye cream and I'll loosely or gently, not loosely, just very gently massage from the in, inner bit of my eye to the outer bit of my eye on the underneath to just deep puff. And it's like, it's just giving lymphatic drainage. Um, and then I do love to do like an eye patch underneath there to just like keep the serum and the moisturizer really close to my skin so that it can get all of those uh, benefits, um, which, you know, depuffing is one. Um, but as far as the dark under eye circles, I think when we're talking about color, because that dark under eye is typically 
more like purplish. And the opposite of purple is kind of is like yellowy orangey. Um, the opposite of blue is orange. The opposite of purple is yellow. So if it's kind of like a bluish, violetish under eye, you're gonna want to correct it with a pretty like orangey concealer, like a more a concealer that has a little bit more orange in it. Then you're gonna want to put foundation over the top of that. Um to really color correct the darkness in there. That's going to make it appear brighter and lighter, and it's actually going to correct that darkness. If you just put foundation straight on it or a concealer that doesn't have any peachy or orangey to it, you're not really going to counterbalance that purple. It's just going to, or that bluish violet under eye circle color. It's it's still going to kind of like be visible through. So you really have to color correct with a warmer toned concealer. Um, to really get rid of them. Um, but I do think that like a, a little lymphatic drainage, a gentle, gentle little massage with some great eye cream in your eye patches is also going to help because it's it's puffy and it's dark. So it's kind of both. Um, okay, so that was fun. I'm loving our listener questions. Are you guys loving Pretty Curious? I, I so hope you are. We're loving making it. But now let's get to our conversation with Holly Waddington. Holly Waddington is a costume designer and theater designer working between film, theater, dance, and live performance. Following a degree in fine art from Oxford University, Holly began her career working for Angels the Costumers in London. She is known for her work on Lady Macbeth and The Great, such a good show. She is nominated for her first Oscar for Best Costume Design for her work in Poor Things. Holly, welcome to Pretty Curious. How are you? Oh, thank you for that. I'm, I'm very well, thank you. It's lovely to be here. So you're minding your own business one day, like at your house, and, and then someone came to you and was like... Holly, darling, we have this film called Poor Things. Uh, it's a little bit Victorian. It's a little bit made up. <laughs> like, how did they approach you to to design and costume design this whole project? So I, I had, you know, I'd worked with Tony McMahon on The Great, and he and I had a great, really good collaboration on that on that um, pilot episode. I, I could only do the pilot episode because I was having children at the time and just, you know, he couldn't make it all work with, with little babies. But I did the pilot and he came to a Halloween party at my house and just mentioned that he was, he was writing this script and he couldn't really describe it to me. It just sounded mad, you know. So then a couple of months later, I got uh, an email saying, would you read this? And, and could you meet Yorgos on Monday? And I... You know, at the time, it was just before Christmas. I had a whole weekend of of, of part, Christmas parties. It was all like just the week before Christmas, something like that. So I just went, yes, uh, yes, I would. Yes, I I really would. Cancel the Christmas parties. Call the lo- local bookshop to get the book as quick quicker than Amazon. And we should all be supporting our local bookshops anyway. And um and just got on it, cram read the book, read the script twice, annotated the script, got down to my local brilliant photography shop and got a book on Japanese dolls and went to meet Yorgos on the Monday morning. So it was just like a sort of cram reading revision. So when they emailed you and said, like, would you read this stuff? Like, were you like, were they already like, if you're in, we're in? Or did you still have to like audition or do like a mood board for them for like what you were thinking? Or how did that part go? Oh, I totally hadn't. I wasn't just off of the job. I had to, I had to get the job. <clears throat> so I had to come up with, I, I met Yorgos and I, t- I took this book of Japanese dolls along that was, you know, it's funny how the first things that you find are often really crucial to what you end up doing. Because although looking, you know, it was only recently when I found this book of Japanese dolls and I thought, oh, actually, it was really a crucial part of it. Because 
these strange little tiny Japanese dolls are wearing these big clunky outfits with big sleeves and the fabric feels a lot, you know, it feels too big for their bodies. So there's a thickness to it because of this, the disproportionality between the, the doll and and the, the the material that's designed for for human, you know, not tiny little ten centimeter dolls. And so that I think that it finds itself into the into the film actually quite you know quite a lot. I think when I showed that to Yorgos, it wasn't. I think he quite liked it, but it wasn't an obvious like yes, we should base the whole thing on this. It was it was very much like a, a small starting point really. And then it was like like I'm really inspired by these big sleeves, but what if we just like push the timeline because there was these like big ass sleeves in the 1890s, so that would make sense. So it's like just giving like inspiration, and then that kind of informs more of the editorial and like the narrative. Yeah, I mean, I think, so Yorgos is a very interesting, uh, very interesting director in that he, I mean, there were many interesting things about him and that's why, yeah, his work speaks to itself. But what he does with his collaborators is he, he really sort of sets us, set us free on this project. So he, he wasn't at all prescriptive. He wasn't, he wasn't at all blocking. He was the opposite of that. He opened the whole process up and allowed us to to come up with things and even to the point of saying you know you don't actually have to if you want to explore other periods or or or, or not a period or or mixing periods up you can just just explore things so for me that 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 this idea of not having any historical root was you know any any particular place to historically root the costumes was a little bit alarming because as soon as you you know if you explore like every aspect of of dress that's that's quite a huge amount of things to be thinking about so for me it was very important to have some kind of framework um and i did all of this research and loads of ideas to do with you know where we might position it it felt important to me that we keep it in the 19th century because the film is exploring you know the patriarchy and women's role in society and how and at that time in the 19th century, those, those divisions are really, really clearly delineated and described through clothing, through, through how people live, through behavior that was, um, you know, expected perceived forms of behavior. So I was really on board at being, keeping it in the late 19th century. And then I'd given him lots and lots of images and references. And he really went for this huge sleeve idea. You know, I, I could have probably, you know, I find all of the parts of the 18th, of the late 90s century pretty fascinating. And I think any of them could work, but it was really him who was driving that big sleeve look. So then, so then, so then like you do your, like you do your pitches, you do your auditions and then, and then like the team of Poor Things is like, yes, we are moving forward with Holly. <laughs> She's the costume designer. And so, and so then what happens? Like, is it like only like the leads do you have to like concept the whole all the extras is it like how many people do you have to fucking dress for and are <laughs> you doing polls or are you making costumes or is it both like is some of it's it pulled both. yeah so 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 then when i got the green light that i was on board officially on board i was then given this I was given access to the, they called it the Bible. It was this document that Shona Heath and James Price and Yorgos had made. And it was the art department's response to poor things. So they'd been brought on quite, you know, considerably earlier than I had. And that was a bit of a, that was pretty mind blowing because what they'd come up with was this incredible multiplicious collaging together of different periods in time, all sorts of archaeological, not archaeological, architectural styles all spliced together thrown together in really interesting ways really playful really experimental so 
like when you were still in that conceptualization phase or like the concepting phase, were you like sometimes when I'm making something, I don't like I like to do research, but then sometimes I get to a point where I'm like, mm, I don't want to do too because I want it to be like original and like unique yes. and like. But then I, but then sometimes I think like. Well, shit, if you do something that's really similar to someone else's, just because you didn't see it doesn't mean that someone else doesn't mean that it, like... So it's like, why not just do a bunch of research? So, like, did you... Like, how do you feel about that? And also, like, who were kind of, like, some of your other... Because Yogos was like, go for it, queen. I mean, I'm paraphrasing there, but what did end yeah. up being some of your, like, muses and stylistic references and period points outside of the 1890s or even within the 1890s outside of, like, the big sleeves that you were, like, moved by? Yeah. I mean, the thing, the thing that I really stuck to that I really felt from the beginning was, was just in my own mind, this idea that she should be really not fully, ever fully dressed. You know, that there would always, that that would be the way to play with the clothes that, you know, at the beginning in, you know, when she's like a very, very new person in the house, uh, being looked after by God, Godwin Baxter and Mrs. Prim, that she would have these clothes that would be, beautifully you know a little bit childlike not really children's clothes but you know a, a little nod towards the sorts of things that people put their kids in very soft comforting fabrics like seersucker and quilting and that she would be dressed probably by mrs prim this was the idea but that that in the course of the day she would shed pieces of clothing and we'd see these really incongruous combinations of knickers and bare legs and shoes kicked off and big ridiculous bodices you know with bibs and and bits of underpinnings that we don't often get to see in in period films and so that was the conceit that I had you know from the get-go from reading the script and that I really stuck with um and also surrealism felt to be like a key area to research so I, I did look at a lot of early 20th century surrealist fashion designers particularly um Elsa Schiaparelli and Ooh. Ooh. Yeah, who was Martin? We love Scaparelli. Oh, we love Scaparelli. They always say trust your gut. But one time, my gut told me to bleach my eyebrows. And that was fashionable, but not widely well-received. While probiotics can't help you with most of your gut decisions, it can give your gut a little bit of support. And Ritual has your back. They made a three-in-one supplement with clinically studied prebiotics, probiotics, and a postbiotic to support a balanced gut microbiome. Did you know daily disturbances like poor diets, stress, travel, the use of certain medications, and plenty of other factors can throw off your gut microbiome? Oh, no! Enter Ritual. Their Symbiotic Plus has been a gorgeous tool. There's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide, your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash curious. Start Ritual or add Symbiotic Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash curious for 25% off. You ever own something that inspired you to up your game? We spend so much time in our cars. It's nice to have a car that makes you feel good. It's giving me like, you deserve to take care of yourself, girl. Honey, I just love Alexis because it's giving luxury. It just gives like, nice. When we own exceptional things, they inspire us to do exceptional things. The all-new Lexus GX has exceptional capability that will have you seeing possibilities you never knew existed. Its advanced technology and luxurious interior mean that wherever you go, you'll never go without. And the features on this GX, honey, 
Available dynamic sky panorama glass roof. Available front row massaging seats. Ooh. Available 33-inch all-terrain tires. That's wide. Available multi-terrain select. Live up to the all-new Lexus GX. Luxury beyond limits. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. So, uh, I'm sorry, Holly. I have been calling you Holly this whole time when I should have been calling you Oscar-nominated fucking Holly because you're a fucking Oscar fucking nominee. Like, that's so incredible. Congratulations. Did, like, did you predict that? Was that on your bingo card, like, when you were a baby designer? Um, I think, you know, when... I've been I've been working in costumes since I was 23 so you know it's, it's like a good 23 23 24 years and I you know I'm always you know aware of the awards and who who gets which one it's just you know it's it's the industry that I've chosen to be in and I'm very you know I've always been very committed to the industry so it has been on my wouldn't it be amazing list but I I would never have imagined for this project actually um so it's 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 all quite surreal, you know. I wouldn't have imagined when when I was out there in Budapest doing poor things, it didn't feel totally smooth. If I'm truly honest, you know, it was very much working very instinctively in in quite compromised. You know, it was mid pandemic. I hadn't worked with the crew before. The costume team that I we had put together was a mixture of Hungarian people that I'd never even met before, uh, some British people who again I hadn't worked with before, apart from one person, uh, Sophie, who did the, the the crowd costume. So, you know, it it was it was quite bumpy. Lots of it was quite bumpy, and so I I could I couldn't have imagined that it would be up for awards. Um, but obviously it's a huge um privilege to be in this position to be having this exposure to be talking to people like yourself and having you know it's it's what's wonderful is is having um such a such a lot of interest in the work because often our work is not um is not so um you know often the work of a costume designer is a little bit invisible so it's it's a really it's really a great thing did you go to school to like study like costume design or like clothing design or like no. how did that happen so i um i did, actually went to art school i went to i did fine art and um that was good and then i needed a, when i moved to london i needed a job and uh was sort of flailing around not knowing what to do and a very good friend of mine had said seen this job and job advert in the in the guardian newspaper for costumers angels the costume house angels costumers were taking 10 um like 10 new people to train up as costumers and i walked into this costume house and just my jaw just dropped when i saw this place i was amazed by it and that was it that from that moment i, I just was on track like i knew what i was going to do um it's basically a huge warehouse full of, of, of costumes and and our job was to understand them and to know how to put them together into different periods and to prepare supporting artists outfits for films and get things ready and and to work alongside costume designers you know starting with doing things like book covers and you know t- children's tv you know things that i wasn't particularly interested in and then you know once i was properly trained i got to work with very good costume designers like sandy powell and jacqueline Doran and joanna johnson people that i ended up having working relationships with how fucking cool 
it was well, it was cool. Like looking back, like that's how I learned my craft really through doing through doing this work. I didn't always think it was cool. Like when I first got there, I was sorting out, doing a lot of like sorting out hundreds of 1950s jackets, you know, and and uh, sorting out pairing up gloves and. You know, I found it a little bit tedious a lot of the time, but my mum was always telling me just to keep going and to stick at it and to learn stuff and, you know, to try and get some proper knowledge. And, and that's that was what I got through working there. And you did. And then when yeah. did you make the transition from that into like, was it like, was it like one clean break of like, okay, I'm like a full time or was it like you kept getting more projects as you were still working for Angel's? Like how did that So work? at the time I was very young, I was in my early twenties and I, I was watch I was I was doing this was my day job. I was a bit frustrated by how tedious it all was. But um I had outside of work, my friends were artists and I had a boyfriend who was a theatre designer. We were watching I was watching everything at the theatre. And I was really watching a lot of experimental theatre, the you know, physical theatre. And what I loved about that work was how, unlike the work that I was doing at Angels, um, th- this work was much more poetic, much more expressionistic, and and sort of not at all sort of stuck in a time frame. You know, often very imaginative. And so I was watching a lot of theatre. I was seeing lots of art, and and. And then I, I applied to a master's course in course in designing for the stage. I did this this course, and I did it along. I left Angels and I went to work for costumes designers that I'd met through working at Angels, like Jacqueline Duran, especially and Joanna Johnson, and um, worked for them on you know helping them put their big crowds together for their films whilst doing really small pieces of theatre in London, dance projects, theatre projects. Um, and, and I sort of worked like that for years, actually, like sort of working on my own much smaller projects and on, you know, making a living through working on these much bigger projects. And, um, and then I started getting my own films and, and bigger projects, you know, and it built up like that. And, and now I do, you know, do Oscar nominee, and now you're an Oscar nominee. Yeah. <laughs> Let's face it, I'm not going to stop treating myself anytime soon, and neither should you. But what I should stop doing is paying for me time with whatever random credit card is in my wallet. NerdWallet lets you compare top travel credit cards side by side to maximize your spending, some even offering 10 times the points on your spending. So what could future you do with better rewards? Honey, is it like a gorgeous free flight that you would have had to have paid for, but honey, you're saving that flight money. Is it a gorgeous room upgrade? Is it like a gorgeous, like two bedroom suite instead of a one bedroom suite? So you're like in-laws or like your friend could stay over there in that room. So you don't have to like hear them doing whatever with what they're doing in your, your guys's room. Is it like really adulting? Oh, I love adulting. And you know what else I love? is not waiting to make smart financial decisions. I also love paying my credit cards often full every month because like, yes, good credit. So let's like do try to do that and like making responsible decisions, which we love. Um, But anyway, don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. Nerdwallet, finance smarter. Reminder, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. If you're like me, the threat of fascism is weighing on you this year. But even when the F word is uttered, way too few of us are considering the full scope of the danger, let alone how to really stop it. 
The Refused Fascism podcast hosted by Sam Goldman names it, dissects it, and connects in-depth analysis of what fascism is with the understanding and urgency we need to defeat it. And she is joined by great guests to discuss the threat of civil war, attacks on abortion rights and trans rights, Trump and the theocrats, Project 2025, efforts to erase history and critical thinking, and much more. Check out recent episodes featuring Kathleen Ballou, Jeff Charlotte, Sarah Posner, Wujahat Ali, Dahlia Lithwek, and many more. Subscribe to the Refuse Fascism podcast on your listening platform of choice or go to refusefascism.org slash podcast. I have a few more questions. Um, so obviously you're going to the Oscars, yes. which, so what are you wearing? Can you tell anyone well, yet? Well, it's a very Do you know good question. I, I'm actually, after, after we finish this podcast, I am going to draw it. And um, because my friend Marlin is going to cut a pattern. So I haven't done it yet. But in, I have got this Matisse cutout, uh, which is the inspiration for it. And I'm not quite sure how to manifest that. So watch this space. I've left it quite late, but I've been so busy. Honey, so she's been doing like all the press. Like, is, is like <laughs> does, does the studio just send you around to do like a bunch of press? or I basically do a lot of press. I do a lot of press and I'm just... I've just been busy. So I am, I am, uh, I will design my outfit today. And, and then you'll be ready. I think, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm thinking colorful for this one. Does that, does what you're ever designing influence your own style? Like after you did like poor things where you like, honey, I need a fucking big sleeve in my life. <laughs> yes. I am wearing, you do, it does, right? Yeah, 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 it does. I think it does. I think whatever you're working on, it just naturally sort of starts to impact on how you present yourself. And I'm trying to think of, I was trying to think of good examples of that. But, you know, certainly you just, but partly because you're working with the fabrics and the bits and bats and the, the haberdashery and the things, you just start to kind of embody things. Um, I certainly feel like today I've got like just a plain close fitting sleeve and I have been wearing a lot of big sleeves recently you know just 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 drawn to them really um definitely I think definitely it's gonna be really good are you ready for our final segment which is our rapid fire oh uh, yeah beauty yeah, yeah yeah okay come on let's do it what is your go-to budget beauty recommendation oh under 10 pounds Oh, hang on. Okay. I thought it was not budget. Okay. Let me think. It's the next one is splurge. What's your affordable? Splurge is Santa Maria Novella bath salts. They're okay. That amazing. makes sense. Now, yeah. what about for your What's not so coinsy queen? What's a... what? I'm just, I, I'm just trying to think of something. Oh, I know. I know. Cold tar soap. Cold tar soap. Right. Cold tar soap. I love the stuff. Okay. You heard it here first. Can't get enough of it. So, um, what a, yeah. What's a product that you never leave home without? Um... I don't, I don't really have anything like that. I'm not very beauty producty. Um, I mean, I love these products called Tropics. The, the, but, but in the day to day, I, I maybe just have a bit of old lip balm in my bag. Oh, that's great. I love that. that's a good lip answer. Balm. Yeah. Do you have any Roman Empire movies that you think about all the time? It could be stylistically beauty, fashion, or just because you like it. Yeah, I, I love Edward Scissorhands. I love oh, Beetlejuice. Oh, Beetlejuice. And and the piano. Oh I my mean, God. those three, but there are loads more. A razor head. Love a razor head. Just three. Okay. Meh or major? Using a tablet or computer to draft a costume. Meh. Um, carrying around a sketchbook. Major. Um, actors wearing themed outfits for movie premieres, like Dune or Barbie. Love it. Love mm -hmm. that. 
Royal Dansk Butter Cookie Tins as a sewing kit. Essential. Do I just say more or major? You can say essential or major. I think I think that why would you why would you fix what ain't broken? I think those tins are the perfect sewing tin. Major. Um, repurposing thrifted clothing. Oh, absolutely major. We should all do that much more and just get really sort of good at recycling our clothes for sure. Designing for realistic movies. Great. Major. Uh, Making your own Halloween costume. Absolutely essential. Tomato pin cushions. Can't live without one. Magnetic pin cushions. Not as bothered. Hand sewing. Always. Love, love it. Love to do it. Hem tape. Sometimes very useful. Sometimes very useful. What about wearing things backwards? Great. Oh, good luck. What about, what about getting a blow dry? I've never really had a blow dry. I'd like to see what that looks like. Yeah, I'd like to to try that I need to get one. It's not a look that I ever go for because they look like blow dries, but... You know, I need some advice with my hair. So maybe. Are you going to do a slick back? What's your dress like? Is it big? Is it little? Is it like a lot of look? Is it more simple? (laughs) I just haven't designed it yet. So I've got to really work on that. But it's probably, I wear my hair back a lot. But if you can think of of another idea, I'd be very grateful because I'm a bit sick of it. It could be pretty to do. It could be pretty to do down but back, like off your body, like so a little bit of like a Kate Middleton vibe, like, yeah. you know, kind of like like a little bit of like a soft roller set, but have it live like back off your body, like behind your dress, you know, so like yeah. behind your shoulders, you look like you have some length. So like a little bit of like, like an old Hollywood, like down, but off your body. Well, yeah, so that sounds great. I'm doing, a, I think I'm going 1940s for the for the Oscars. That's what I'm... Thinking like a modern, like Veronica Lake. Like a modern Veronica, a modern Veronica Lake. So how yes. do I do that? So it would be like, I would do like a very loose, like I do like volume mm-hmm. I'm pin curls. I do like volume pin curls around your hairline. And then I'd like yeah. blow out the back and then maybe curl oh, it. Wow. And then I would like, and then I'd brush it all out so that it's just like a really it? like. Oh, that sounds brilliant. Modern Veronica Lake. Should I get um my hair with like a balayage? Because it's just natural. No. Just keep the same color. I don't think it's ever good to Boring. do a hair color change like right the day before a red carpet thing. Or <laughs> especially because... Especially because your hair needs to like, like after highlights, you really don't want to wash your hair for two to three days. So I would want like a really fresh blow dry, not like a day two or day three after having fresh color. Okay. I, I think color is definitely like two weeks before your thing. Like I never. Oh, you do? When are the Oscars? 10th of March. So oh shit. Bitch, you yeah. got forever. I've got forever. Yes. You so have so I- much time. Yes, girl. Get, are you going to go back to London? Yeah. Girl, see my girl, Jason Hogan. She is that girl. She does Nicola Coughlin's hair from Bridgerton. And he does. Oh, cool. He's so good. I I, I paired them. I, I did that. That was me. But yes. Right. Okay. Brilliant. That's amazing advice. Holly Waddington, thank you so much for coming on Pretty Curious. I love you so much. And congratulations again. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's lovely to talk to you. We're so excited for you. And, <laughs> and, what's, you. and, you, have, and you have your next projects already on uh, up and coming. Are you already on your next stuff? I've got, well, I've got quite a lot of scripts to read, which is very exciting. Yeah. You know, I've got quite a lot of great new opportunities. So that's <sighs> amazing. We'll have to have you on to talk about your next one. Holly, thank you so much for coming on Pretty Curious. We love you. Great. Thank you so much. It's lovely to talk to you. Lovely to talk to you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Have a good day. You've been listening to Pretty Curious with me, Jonathan Van Ness. 
You can learn more about this week's guest in the episode description of whatever you're listening to the show on and follow us on Instagram at Curious with JVN. Come on, Curious Universe. Still can't get enough? Subscribe to Extra Curious on Apple Podcasts for commercial free listening and our subscription-only show, Ask JVN, where we're talking sex, relationships, and so much more. Our engineer is Nathaniel McClure. Our theme music is also composed by Nathaniel McClure. Pretty Curious is produced by me, Chris McClure, Julia Melfi, and Allison Weiss, with production support from Julie Carrillo, Ann Curry, and Chad Hall. <laughs>